0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Russell Live Radio, episode 98. We're approaching that big 100. We're going to have a centennial episode. We sure are. But uh it's me, it's me. It's Kyle Paulie. Uh I just made that up, so don't uh don't hate too much. <laughs> uh Matt is not here this week. He is uh recovering from his uh awesome wrestlemania job that he did uh during wrestlemania week so we're uh, we're taking the show over this week for him i'm here with micah and riley say hi guys
1: hi guys hi guys
0: <laughs> i knew <do. laughs> one of you or both of you were going to do that so yeah uh, i had to do it oh for sure so uh this week we're going to review aw dynamite smackdown and raw as we normally do but uh we're actually going to start the show because there was some newsworthy stuff that happened. Uh, obviously, we have the coronavirus going on right now. So we're in a pandemic. And there was concern that people like didn't know if like SmackDown was going to go on. Like, There was just a lot of people not knowing what was going to happen. So a lot of stuff kind of happened. Uh, they didn't have SmackDown. It was taped. And then Vince McMahon decided, hey, we're going to do live shows from now on. Uh, I guess he was not liking the, maybe the ratings or maybe the taped versions of it for some reason, even though some of them, you know, were better because they were taped, but he decided he wanted to do it live. And also it was ruled this week that, uh, WWE events in the state of Florida, which is where they're holding them are, uh, now essential according to Mm -hmm. the governor of Florida. So I can't uh,
2: live without my wrestling.
0: (laughs) I guess so. Disneyland closed wrestling though. Gotta have it. Yeah. So, uh, I don't yeah, get that,
2: re- but, you know, whatever. I'm sure he bribed them. He's a billionaire.
0: Yeah, so it's just a very weird time in the fact that, I mean, uh, the XFL went bankrupt. Uh, Vince McMahon for the second time lost the XFL battle due to this pandemic. But, hey, he's got his main show, I guess. So, yeah, just yeah, very weird. Like-
2: I don't understand the sheen of a live episode in an empty arena. It, it makes zero difference to me whether it's live or whether it's pre-recorded. And, and, like and Raw was said, apparently
0: live this week, and it was worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's better when, when they're pre-recorded because they can do stuff like they've done with um, like the Baron Corbin, uh, Elias, Lion King moment. That's only available with pre-recorded. Um, the really cool spot with John Cena and Bray Wyatt, only available pre-recorded. Um, I don't know why. Why would you not want it? pre-recorded right now i mean you can record it in batches which gives people less susceptibility to get the virus um less traveling you know for everybody there's no benefit to having it live there's no crowd there so it's not like it's gonna get leaked i don't i don't get it at all
0: yeah the ratings are
2: bad but everybody's ratings are bad
0: right and they could just bring talent in and have them work a match and if it's good put it on tv like just i mean just pocket the footage and like yeah, you know, they screw up matches. like they
2: did a couple times this week. Um, they can fix it.
0: Yeah, so I I'm there with you. It, it's kind of baffling to me, but they're going to go on. They're they're continuing taping or doing things live, not you know <laughs> taping the show anymore. But uh, yeah, so it's they're, yeah. They're also, on. I,
2: I assume this means AEW is also essential business in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, they have having not, a. <laughs> I assume they didn't name WWE. I'm assuming they just said professional wrestling is, is essential, uh, hopefully.
0: I mean, I don't, the I don't know if they've more come out and said yet. Vince, but yeah, so we'll see. I, I don't even know if they've come out and said it yet. Um, they, I,
2: I haven't read anything. Um, I, I do know, like I was telling you before the show, double or nothing is still going to happen.
0: Right. They
2: announced that on Facebook today, the double or nothing is still going to happen. They don't know where it's going to happen. The following show that Wednesday night was supposed to be in the same location in Las Vegas, and that show has been canceled, so it's most likely not going to be in Las Vegas. I don't think it's going to be in front of people. Uh, May 23rd is when it's supposed to happen. I don't think that's enough time to bring a bunch of people together, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Maybe it's so essential in Florida, everybody can come together in Florida.
0: Yep. I mean, (laughs) some people are still coming together in Florida. Uh, That's true. So there's some people, I saw a video of people getting out on Easter in Florida for some reason, but it's still happening. But WWE is going to continue on, I guess, and uh, we're going to continue on in our show. Yeah, that's right. We're going to start this week with Micah and Riley's review of AEW Dynamite, because I will admittedly say I did not watch it. Uh, I uh, read about it and heard about it, but other than that, I have no idea what happened. So that's why Micah's here. Take us on the ride, Micah.
2: So we open up and we have Goldberg come out. And <laughs> what you know, the opening match is Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Did
0: uh, Darby Allen win? Is what I want to know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking at Kyle's expense. Yes. Uh, the show, it opened up with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts having a promo. And, you know, his promos are always fantastic. I, I haven't seen a bad promo from him. Uh, Ever, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience to his old stuff. I've seen a lot of them, though, uh, and they've all been good. Of course, they you wouldn't see the bad ones uh, thrown around as much. Right. Uh, I, anyways, there's all of his stuff in AEW has been great. Uh, he's he's perfect for Lance Archer. Uh, I think he's really good at elevating Archer, which I don't know how his promo is. It's There's no way it's better than Jake the Snake Roberts, though, so he's no. obviously elevating him. Uh, in his, his promo, he's basically saying that Cody's a coward. He's going to tank his match against Spears. That way he doesn't have to face Archer in the tournament. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it would be a smart move by Cody because he's going to die when he faces the <laughs> Murderhawk. Uh, we open up. Yeah, that leads us into the first match, which is Archer versus Jobber. I don't even remember his name. It was like Angle or Angel or something. It was, it was a squash match. Yeah. Uh, he won with his over-the-head reverse Razor's Edge crucifix thing. It was good. I would like to see Archer against a real person, uh, but I guess they're just going to wait for the tournament to do that. So that's that's okay, I guess. It's a pretty classic buildup for a uh, a new big man. But yeah, yeah Mike, still, did
0: you uh, did you happen to see Lance Hoyt back in the day?
2: I I'm sure I did, but I don't remember him.
0: Okay, um, so that, that's I, that's my how I I knew about uh, Lance Archer when he was Lance Hoyt back in TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's definitely come a long way in his in-ring ability. Uh, I did see a clip of this uh, where he killed his jobber with his finishing move and it looked awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in the ring, and I, I've seen, you know, some of his um, his his other wrestling since, you know, he's changed his ways from his Lance Hoyt days. He's he's come a long way from being like a, basically a test uh, knockoff to being Lance Archer. So he's way better in the yeah. ring. And I think this pairing is really good.
2: I found it hard to believe, but I think he's like 41. Um, he looks he's so much around. younger. Across yeah. as much younger than that. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a standard squash match. I should mention this week on commentary, we have Jericho and Tony Skiavon, which <sighs> is fantastic. Uh, Jericho's Bobby always Jericho's good. Jericho's really commentary. good. He's so good on commentary, man. I mean, he, a, after his in-ring days are over, he's definitely got a place in the commentary booth of any company he wants to, if he so wishes to do that. Um, he 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 was bringing out like, uh, Abdullah the Butcher references. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, he was mentioning. I mean, little inside jokes with WWE uh, is history. Uh, and, and I think the the next match we're going to talk about the Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida match. He was uh, was it was it this match? Was he talking about the fork? No, that
1: no, that was, that was the one after with Omega Nakamura and, and Nakazawa.
2: Nakazawa, yeah, not Nakamura the. Naka 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 Zawa, uh, yeah. He's saying that he he was talking about how uh, Naka nakazawa Zawa has uh, the he keeps oil in his underwear, right. and uh, he was like, yeah. When I'm in the ring, I keep a, a fork, you know, like Abdullah the Butcher. I keep a, a, a brass knuckles. I, I keep all kinds of stuff on me, ready to go. But yeah, he's <laughs> he was really good. Um, he was he did a really good job in this next match, which is Britt Baker versus Karushita. Uh He did a great job of. Uh, putting Baker over uh, as a heel commentator, which he kind of set aside his inner circle uh, persona. It was a little bit more of the Jericho you get on his podcast, the real uh, Christopher Irving, mm-hmm. uh, which is I think was good because I don't like I, I, I get gimmicks in commentary. I don't like when you get a heel guy on commentary and he's just oh I love the heels, oh I love the heels, oh I love the heels. You know I want if you're commentating the whole show that gets old, especially we've only got two in the booth.
0: Um, especially when the heel is being completely absurd and you're like, no real person would agree with this guy. Yeah. Like, it's Like to have like, even the heel guy be like, ah, I don't know. Don't know about that dude. Like, you know, yeah.
2: yeah. And it's funny too, because Jericho plays off that he's not a heel. Um, like with the stuff with Nick Jackson, when he got on commentary, I think the week after that, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know what happened to Nick. I hope he gets better. Um, uh, <laughs> I think that door just fell on him, which is great. It's, it's yeah. a perfect way to play it off. But, yeah, like I said, we've got Baker versus Sheeta. It's a very uh, important match in this women's division. I think number one contender versus number three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really good match. Probably one of the strongest women's match. Uh, Baker came off very good in this match. A lot of people say it's her best match. She still seems a little green to me. I think her her weakest aspect is really her kicks. She does, like, super kicks, but she doesn't – I don't know. A good super kick has to have a good leg slap, you know, Um like Luchasaurus, I like Luchasaurus's kicks. The reason being, he makes a very loud thud when he does because he's a big man with big meaty thighs, as Biggie would say. Um, and it just makes big brontosaurus like, legs. He has big brontosaurus legs, and he's also got that. Uh, I actually don't think brontosaurus have big legs,
0: but we'll. Uh, well. I, don't, I don't know.
2: They got, I don't know. It's bigger than mine, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brontosaurus. <laughs> uh, maybe T Rex. Maybe what you're going for. Yeah. Um, he's also got that type of material. I don't know. Maybe she's got like those, like fishnet thing she wears, maybe that impedes the uh, the noise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, her her kicks, kicks come off weeks.
1: Hold on, hold on. It's called pantyhose.
2: Pantyhose, whatever.
1: And I don't think it's the slaps. I think it's just the kick itself. I
2: don't know. I think she was get her boyfriend little... to show her how to super kick is what I think.
1: I don't know. I liked her in this match. Though. Yeah,
2: they, it was it was a good showing of her. She's still pretty green, but I think uh especially her gimmick work of being a heel was very good in this match uh she she pulled some really some some good heel tactics uh they went out to the audience uh one time and yes I say audience they do have an audience for this mat uh this episode again uh it went back and forth a little bit ba- uh, basically the the match the, the part that I think was great and it wasn't intentional it wasn't like a blade job or anything but baker got super bloody um she got her nose busted, broke right? she either broke her nose or i don't know somebody said it could be like a uh Oh, what do they call it? What is the thing here? Like a blood capsule? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's no like victim. a septum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what right. it is. Thank you, Riley. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't a blade job. because a blade job, you know, you bleed, you wipe it away, and it kind of goes away. But she was just pouring the entire match. You get yeah. a great shot of her just, uh, just. I think she had, she did maybe a submission hold, and she just sitting up smiling, blood in her mouth, blood all over her face, Um, And
1: you can buy that t-shirt now on www.merch.com or however. They have a t-shirt of it now. Uh,
2: That was really cool. It was very um, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart-esque. Obviously opposite because he was facing that match. But uh, uh, in the same way that I think the blood really added to the match. Um, I don't like seeing blood for the sake of blood like some old ECW stuff. But I do think sometimes it really adds to the match. And this time it definitely did. Another it's really cool real. yeah it's, it's real I mean she she bled the hard way it wasn't intentional it just happened and she rolled with it and she did a very good job right um, at one point uh, Baker tried to apply her submission which is basically the mandible claw and of course now you're not you're not supposed to put your ma- hands in people's mouths because that's gross um, you know social distancing and whatnot so <laughs> she's trying to put on her her mandible claw. And the ref's like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't put her hand, your hand in her mouth. And she's like, what? She's got her like ready for it. And Sheeta's like fighting her. And she's like, well, give me your glove. So the ref gives her his rubber glove and she goes to put it on to get it, to get it, uh, the manual claw locked in. But that gave Sheeta enough time to counter. She got her with a near fall. But Sheeta did come up with a victory after a running knee to the face. And yeah, Britt Baker ended up taking the L. But I think this match really showed her off very well. Uh Shida did great as always. And yeah, really, really good women's match and great commentary by Jericho and
0: Skiavone.
1: Yeah, I I heard
0: uh go ahead, Riley.
1: I was just saying I think that she wanted the glove because her hands were filled with the her blood from her nose. She wanted to get the blood in Sheeta's mouth. I don't think it had anything to do with the um Current situation in the world, I think, it was, I think it was the blood, and she's a dentist, so I mean, I, I think she knows how she grows.
0: I didn't know, yeah, her- I mean, just
1: in case you guys didn't know, yeah,
0: yeah but I, I heard this is a really good match. Um, yeah, her nose got destroyed. I, I mean, I definitely saw tons of photos of it afterwards. I also saw the promo she cut afterwards, which was still a really good promo. Um, she basically just cut a promo and said, you know, cheetah. What she says, she was a. She's not good role model because she what she did to her nose, and then at the very end, she was like, she stopped, and then she came back. She's like, she's she's glad she did, or she better be glad she didn't touch my teeth, and then I walked away, and then came back and said, because I'm a dentist, but I would not <laughs> yeah. fix them anyway. And then yeah, she's off.
1: like, if she did, I would be able to fix them anyway because I'm a dentist, and yep. storms off. <laughs> but I love how she just worked through it. Like that was so awesome to me. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I mean, she obviously. I mean, it was so much blood. Like, that would scare me if I were in the ring and I was bleeding that much. But, I mean, she just, like, worked through it. She was fine.
2: Yeah, it was really a, a tough showing by her. Um, yeah, the the segment, her promo was really good. I've I i I've called it since the beginning of Britt Baker. She needs to be a heel. She's a natural heel. She's done very well with it. Her gimmick is spot on for her personality. And uh, her in ring work still leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. But uh, she's definitely improving, and that's basically all you can ask her to do. So Yeah,
0: she does a good dance partner. So, yeah, yeah, so.
2: Absolutely. She gets matches, good matches out of anybody, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Uh, after this, we had a promo for Moxley versus Hager, uh, just, just uh, leading up to their next week's match, which is a no-holds-barred empty arena match in Daly's Place uh looking forward to that it was basically just Moxley saying oh i'm gonna beat him hager saying oh i'm an mma fighter Moxley saying i don't care i'm gonna beat him anyways and uh jake hager's wife saying oh we fight tough in this family and yeah it was just kind of back yeah. and forth I, it her went her on her a little a great yeah it went on oh a little yeah
1: she was like oh we don't let losers live in our house
2: yeah like she's so- gonna lock her six foot Five husband yeah, out of her house. So,
1: so if he's a loser, if he if he can't live here anymore, like he has to win. Yeah, like, that's too bad. It's
2: trying to paint Hager as the babyface, I think. He's just trying to find a place to live. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I didn't love this promo, but uh, I thought it was a little long. I thought they did a good job of the production value and everything of it, but it kind of fell flat for me. It
1: right. was like a documentary to me, like even the narration and everything, it just sounded like a documentary. Yeah. I liked it.
0: It's probably similar. They do uh, a lot of uh, UFC stuff like that where they'll have, uh, and I know they are, they do it in boxing as well. They do like um, short documentaries kind of leading up to the thing. So I'm assuming that's kind of what they were trying to go for.
2: Yeah, it was very documentary style. But uh, after that, we have something else. Um, so AEW has this thing where there's no invisible cameras. So I thought that was really good the way – so we're going into the trailer with Kenny and Knack, as I'm going to call him because I don't want to mess his name up. And uh, Kenny basically brushes off as the camera that's there is for his vlog, which is pretty cool because, you know, like in WWE, you have invisible cameras everywhere, and you, you it doesn't make sense. But in AEW, I don't know if I've ever seen that before because you know what I'm talking about, right? With, with WWE, right. how they're just a random camera guy there, and nobody acknowledges him or why he's there. But yeah, it's in in that that is recorded. Yeah, and they'll do stuff that's in secret, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But they it's did a good job. WWE
0: wrestlers don't watch the show each week because uh, yeah, just be chaos they did.
2: It's it's a weird it's a weird way to handle kayfabe to me. But I think AEW does that very well. Right. um Basically, they're in their trailer, and uh, Kenny's like, "Hey, Knack, we need to we need to have a tag team name." Which I don't know why he's talking about this with Knack because him and Hangman, the ta- the champions, don't even have a tag team name. That's that's neither here nor there. But he's saying to Knack, yeah, we need to have a tag team name. You know, we're we're having a tag team match tonight against the best friends. And, you know, we're best friends. And uh, Knack's like, ooh, best friends. Yeah, that's a good name. Let's let's be called the best friends. Like, no, but there's, there's already a, a team named that. And then all of a sudden the bathroom door opens and Orange Cassidy steps out. Because Orange Cassidy, for some reason, is in Kenny Omega's trailer uh, in his bathroom uh, where he likes to hang out, apparently. This is the second time we've seen him in a bathroom. And uh, he just kind of stares at him and they're like, wait, what, what's, what's going on, man? Why are you doing here? And then the best friends, Chuck Taylor and uh, Trent come in and they basically have a little, little dispute about uh, who's going to keep the best friend name and basically laid it down on the line. Hey, whoever wins the match tonight between us and you gets to keep the best friend name. So that was, mm. was high stakes. It was, was kind of dumb, but <laughs> I also kind of no. liked it there there's there's a lot of stuff in AEW that if I saw it anywhere else I'd be like man this is stupid but it just works it's good it's dumb but I like it because Chuck Taylor and the best friends and Orange and Trent and Kenny and Nack. they're dumb but I love them and it's funny
1: they're not dumb they're <laughs> genius this stuff oh my gosh this is why I love AEW it was so funny to me because Orange goes over to the front door of the trailer and opens the door, like, okay, I hear you talking about these best friends. You know, <laughs> he opens the door, then the best friends come in, and they're like, oh my gosh. He was and the then mole. Whenever, He had yeah, a when, mic on him. When Chuck E.T. leaves, he goes, all right, Orange, go back, go back to your hole. And like, he goes back to, <laughs> goes the, goes bathroom. Back to the bathroom. <laughs> he goes back to the bathroom and shuts the door. And they just go on, like, nothing, like, okay, Orange isn't in the bathroom or anything.
2: Yeah, but you know how sometimes you see like, uh, somebody put a title in the line. And you're like, oh, well, they're definitely going to win this match now. This basically told me, hey, best friends are winning this match because there's no way Kenny and Knack are going to be known as the best friends now. Uh, so that was that's what I took away from it. But I thought it was a pretty funny promo. Uh, and that led into the match, which is best friends versus best friends, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Uh, this was definitely 100% a comedy match, which is great because the best friends are fantastic comedy wrestlers. I haven't seen a whole lot of it out of Kenny, Knack, uh, All of his matches that I've seen have been comedy matches. Um, But yeah, Kenny did a very good job of playing a comedy role. Uh, Some crazy stuff happened in this match. You obviously had Nakazawa using his oil that he does. And it's a little ridiculous to me. It's a little dumb. Like I said, it's a little dumb. Did Jericho say anything about keeping oil in his tights? He didn't. This was actually when he brought up keeping uh, keeping a fork or a brass knuckles or whatever in his tights. Um, but yeah, the, the commentary of this match was hilarious. There's one one part of the match where they oiled up the rope, where Nakazawa oiled up the rope and slid Trent across the rope on his ziggles, <laughs> and apparently that move's <laughs> called the Hentai Slide. And for some reason, Tony Schiavone knew that. And he said, "Oh yeah, Nakazawa applying the Hentai slide." And and Jericho was like, "Hentai?" He's like, "Yeah, the Hentai slide." I was like, "Okay."
0: Um, so it's a 20- from, uh, what's his face uh, Excalibur while he was doing yeah, that. Definitely, <laughs> that's an Excalibur thing to do. I think he actually maybe even called out Excalibur at one point during the match. Like, hey, I knew the name of that move. Uh, yep, yep. That's why he's that's why he's there. He's he's there to spread the knowledge of everything we don't know. Yeah, it's it's
2: twenty twenty. And Tony Skivone said hentai slide on TV. So, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun match though. I had some really funny moments. It may have went on a little long, but uh, the best friends ended up getting the victory over Nakazawa. I believe they pinned, or I'm, I'm sure they pinned. They didn't pin Kenny. Uh, but yeah, I, I I grow a little tired of Nakazawa's character. Sometimes he's a bit odd, um, and, so, and most of his dark matches are a little ridiculous. Um. This was a little bit better. Definitely a true comedy match, but still, it it was a match. You know, it right. wasn't just. A, it didn't seem too too out there.
0: Yeah, very out much, there. A, very much a comedy character. So yeah. it's it's a love you love him or hate him type thing. Like it's, but it's yeah. his thing. It's kind of what he does. So
1: yeah. I mean, we know how Chris Jericho feels because he literally like blatantly said it whenever. Nakazawa comes out. And he's like, "Oh man, I don't like this guy." He's like, "I don't like, like I just, this I just, guy." I, just, like I don't watch his him. matches or
2: something. I like
1: say, "I just don't like watching his matches." And he, but I mean, so this he might be match,
2: <laughs> I think he yeah, probably is. This yeah.
1: match really would have been cringy without the commentary. The commentary made it less cringy. I I don't know. I I was telling Mike, I was like. Man, this Japanese-style com- comedic wrestling is, is really strange, but I love the the commentary on it, and it's it was such a good match to put out there right now, especially with how the world is, you know, the situation and everything. I think it was great.
2: Yeah, and I think the one thing that, that really separates these empty arena AEW matches from the WWE matches is the commentary team's just kind of there having a good time. Everybody's just kind of there having a good time. Uh, I mean, you have, you know, Michael Cole, obviously, you don't care for him. Uh, you have, like, Michael Cole getting fed lines from Vince McMahon, pushing WrestleMania is too big for one night over and over again. He's got these catchphrases. It just gets annoying. But this is just two guys, you know, shooting the crap, having a good time, commentating over some wrestling. And I think that translates over to the audience and makes them enjoy the show more. It sure does. Yeah, you don't have to deal with Michael Cole or Corey Graves. Uh, Corey Graves is the one I dislike the most, so... You know, we each, yeah. each have our, our vests. I don't care for either of them. <laughs> yeah, after that, we had a Brody Lee segment. Um, he pulls up into this building. He's got his, you know, his uh, authority figure uh, suit and tie on. And there are two uh, Dark Order gimps outside. And uh, they've got their weird little the mask and their athletic shirts on. And one of them has a tie on. With like his gym, sh- gym not the gym shorts, but like gym pants and like athletic long sleeve shirt and his get mask. And uh, Brody Lee exclaims the other one, like, hey, look how good this guy looks. See how much effort he's putting in. If I see two guys right here, I'm seeing this guy, and I'm like, oh, he's the one that's going to, you know, take initiative. He's the one that's going to work harder for me. You need to be more like this guy. And I didn't like the segment at all. Uh, again, yeah. it's just another another push at Man, and it was just
0: stupid. I mean it was dumb. I, I'm not a fan of the it, it's been it's happened many times in pro wrestling of you know trying to make fun of somebody else like parodying somebody. Uh, I think the only thing successful in doing it, especially as of late, has been the Mr. McMahon puppet. But oh, was other great. than that, like yeah, I if you want to make a joke when you debut or something, like that's fine. But yeah, the whole taking on a persona that's just making fun of Vince McMahon, it just comes off as uh, yeah to me, it just comes off as like petty and like, just move on. Like don't even want, like I, I get there trying to do all these jokes to pop the fan, like the, the fans that know about Vince and all this stuff, but like nobody other than that really cares. Like it, just come on there and be yourself. Like you're, you're just trying to be somebody else. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he's not the first person to do it. I, I know uh, BG James and Kip James, which are uh, road dog and Billy gun. They did the same thing in TNA where they, Tried to make fun of him because they were mad when they got fired. So they did the VKM gimmick in TNA, and it didn't work. Like, yeah, yeah it just doesn't work for me. And yeah, I wish he'd just yeah. be that person. I don't, I don't care for it. Um, the problem,
2: the problem I have with it is not even the Vince McMahon stuff. Like, yes, he's played it out. It's time to move on. It was okay when he first debuted, um, and he had his couple of shots in there. I was like, okay, that's that's funny. I get it. I, it's, it's a little inside joke for the fans, but it just keeps going and going and going. But not only that, you've got a guy there in a get mask and like gym attire. He's wearing a tie, and you're like, "Oh, that like guy looks good. Why did they just put him a suit and tie?"
1: No, like, it what? was it it was a button up. It was it was a button down shirt with a tie. Well, the other two, there were three total. The other two had their gym clothes on, and the guy with the tie had a button.
2: Either way, it was shirt. stupid. He had but, like If it was a button-up, it was like a black button-up with like a yellow tie. It looked bad. Why didn't he have like a nice tailored suit on? He could have borrowed one from Cody. It could have been Cody in a mask. Well, you'd have seen his neck tattoo. But it, it could have been something really nice looking. And you, know, you could point that out. I don't know. That's nitpicking, I guess. I think it's dumb. I think the segment's dumb. And I want less stuff like this.
1: Well, from an outsider's perspective that didn't grow up with Vince McMahon or... I don't really know much about him other than I guess what I hear from you guys. I actually like all of these. Cause I don't think about Vince McMahon. Whenever I see these, I think, Oh my gosh, this guy's ridiculously crazy and like cult-like and all that. So, I mean, I think it comes off well for the fans who aren't like understanding that it's
0: right. I can see it's, that. It's,
1: but it, it, I, I it definitely, it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, I see it just because I, like I said, it's it's stuff that like Vince has his like Vincisms that he's just like you know like the people sneezing in the same room and all this like it's just been stuff that people have talked about for a long time. So, but if you don't know that, I could see this just being like a heel crazy man could you know be a good character. So
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And,
0: uh, I mean, I heard one person kind of have a good
2: excuse for it. I don't think they are thinking of it. Saying the only reason he's acting like Vince McMahon is because that's the only person he's ever worked for. So now he's trying to mimic him and be a good authoritarian leader. And, um, you know, trying to basically be Vince McMahon and he thinks that's going to make him powerful. I don't think they're thinking that much into it. I think they're just trying to parody Vince McMahon. I think it's coming off poorly. Um, But anyways, we'll move on. After that, we had another... John Moxley versus Jake Hager promo. I actually thought that they had messed up on the editing or something because it seemed like the exact same documentary. It was, oh, John Moxley, I'm going to beat him. Jake Hager saying, oh, I'm an MMA guy, I'm going to beat him. His wife being like, I'm a terrible wife. And yeah, same stuff. Uh, so I'm going to move past that. Uh, after that, though, we had something really good. Or I think it was, at least. It was a broken Matt Hardy promo. And I just love, like, so sometimes it gets on my nerves, all right? The way the broken gimmick is it's kind of hit or miss. Right. So sometimes it, it, the way he like turns words around kind of gets annoying, especially if it's overdone, but he had some spots in this. Like when he ca- talks about the books of youth is always great, mm-hmm. but he's talking about the inner circle and he's like the circle that is internal. which That's great to me. I love it. The, it's there's such good stuff. Um, when he was talking about the whole of the butt a couple of weeks ago, that was great. It's <laughs>
0: so my favorite. Awesome. That's
2: my favorite. Uh, he, He actually called out Sammy Guevara as well, saying that he doesn't even think he's a real Latino. Uh, He doesn't even think he can speak Spanish, which is true. He can't. Um, But basically, the whole point of this promo is Matt Hardy is calling out Chris Jericho for an elite deletion match at the Hardy compound. Mm. What? That's going to be great or dumb. One of the two. It might be dumb. Great. Who knows? Both. (laughs) You know, a lot of the final deletions and stuff like that have been dumb, but have also been great, in my opinion, because I like dumb stuff sometimes. Especially it's wrestling. Like, don't take it too seriously. But, uh, yeah, I'd really look forward to uh, Matt Hardy doing another one of these pre-recorded theatrical matches to see how he can increase it. And Jericho's going to be great in that role, I think. Um, They have the Lake of Reincarnation at the Hardy compound. I would love to see Jericho go through his 19 gimmicks he's had. Um, a couple times, maybe. I'm get, sure they will <laughs> get Lionheart. I mean, he's got the long hair now. He could go full Lionheart with the like sequin vest thing, like yeah. when he uh, debuted with WWE. That would be great. I'm um, sure he'll rise
0: up out of the lake with a flashing jacket at some point.
2: Yes, that would be so good. He'll probably have a list. There's so many things he could do with it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, we had a little spot with Vanguard One. <laughs> he was pre- being pretty sassy. Uh, he had uh, the the shirt that uh, Chris Jericho gave him. And he said it was a garbage shirt, and he threw it in the trash. And said that it's a what does he say, burning garbage? Because he's burning it now. He set it on fire. I don't know. He's being sassy and a little rude to Jericho. Um, <laughs> but no, the elite deletion match should definitely have a little spot with Vanguard One versus Jericho's own drone. That would be cool, or maybe like have Sammy Guevara out there trying to shoot it down with a Nerf gun. That'd be that'd be pretty fun too.
1: A garbage fire.
2: Garbage fire. That's what he said. This, <laughs> a dumpster fire. Was that what it yeah, was? Yeah,
1: dumpster fire. Dumpster yes. fire. <laughs> yes.
2: He's like, this is trash. This is a dumpster fire, for sure. Yeah, it was great. Uh, after that, we had another squash match Brody Lee versus Unnamed Jobber. I don't remember his name. Uh, he destroyed him, and he won with a clothesline. Um, so, again, I'd like to see Brody Lee against some real people, but what I lo- would have liked more in this spot, I think, would have been good. Uh, maybe it's not an option because of all the current restrictions. I would have liked to have seen one of the other Dark Order members versus a jobber and have them elevate the entire Dark Order because I feel like since Brody Lee's been here, all they've done is elevate him but not elevate the Dark Order. I feel like it's kind of been pushed down even a little bit. Um, Obviously, they lost their match last week. It was two random jobbers, but still. um, The Dark Order itself is supposed to be this massive force and joining it is supposed to make you better and we haven't seen that from anybody, really. Um, The only person that it's made... Really strong is Brody Lee. Yeah. Maybe they're good for that. I don't know. Um, I think it would have been better to have Uno or Grayson destroy a jobber or even one of the Beaver Boys. um, Have them show up and and destroy a jobber. Would have been cool to show, hey, they've been elevated by joining the Dark Order, get some other people to join the Dark Order. Uh, I don't know. I think the whole thing's kind of stagnated. They had this whole run where they were going to have main event guys join the Dark Order. They were teasing Kenny, Brandon Cutler. Not main event. Obviously, Brandon Cutler's not a main event guy. Right. right. But, you know, some main roster guys that you know, some named guys. Uh, and that's kind of all went away. Maybe it's due to the coronavirus. I don't know. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because Brody Lee debuted during this whole thing. So. It just seems like since he's came, the whole focus has shifted of the Dark Order. And maybe they're giving him more creative control, and he's shifting a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'm not loving how it's going. Uh, It was just a squash match, so we will move on. We've got the main event of the evening, which is Cody versus Sean Spears for the TNT Championship, the first match of the tournament. Uh, Cody and Spears obviously have a lot of history. Uh Sean Spears gave him the nasty head gash with that chair shot at uh mm-hmm.
0: was it all so the the nickname the chairman?
2: Yep. Uh this was uh, so I I will say I think you and Matthew both picked Cody to win this, correct?
0: Uh I don't know. if I made a prediction on the tournament. You may not have. Uh yeah. I'm pretty sure Matthew I, I would chose. imagine Cody would win.
2: No, that's right. Carol was there choosing for you and uh I'm not going to say but uh, you you probably won't win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she she may have tanked it for for Matthew in in my sake. Um. Anyways, of course, I, I I thought Sean Spears would win this. I really did. Um. My reason behind that was Sean Spears pinned Darby last week, so I thought maybe Darby would be able to get his revenge next week. Uh. But that didn't happen. Uh. Cody was able to get the win over Spears. So we have Cody advancing in the TNT tournament, uh, facing down eventually what I think will be Lance Archer, which I think is now the way they're going in the bracket. Um, so my main—this so was a good match. It was. Uh, Sean Spears is an underrated wrestler. He's very underrated in AEW. He's a guy I think they can rely on to put on good matches. When needed, he's a great comedy wrestler. He's a very solid wrestler. He's got a lot of TV experience, obviously, with being in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And I understand they don't want to push mid-carders to the moon once they come in from WWE. So it, it's, it's, it's okay for him to be lower card, but I think he's a little too low. He's down there in dang near jobber status sometimes. Um, Spears dominated most of the match, really. Uh, but my, my main problem with this match is it's an AEW problem. If they want to make it no DQ, just make it no DQ. Like I think Cody ended up going through a table. Spears was getting beaten by Cody's weight belt. Uh, There was just a lot of no DQ stuff going on, and it was never said this is a no DQ match. It was just, uh, yeah, we're going to let him do it. Uh, You could say maybe because Cody's EVP and he can do what he wants to, but I don't know. I don't like that. If you're going to make it no DQ, make it no DQ. Otherwise... Give him a DQ.
0: He put him through a table. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um yeah, I mean, obviously I've been a stickler for the rules, and that's been my biggest complaint about AEW since the go. Uh so yeah, I think they,
2: they haven't gotten
0: any better with it. They've been going since October. Or just and come out, out and like lay down the rules and just say we're just gonna be it's at the ref's discretion and
2: you know just, And I've heard that on like podcasts and stuff, but they never once said it on the TV show. Right or maybe commentary said it in passing. They did.
1: But yeah. They said it in this match. They said, I think wasn't, um, Aubrey, the ref in this match. Yeah. Yeah. So they said, well, Aubrey is going to use her. Oh my gosh. It was a certain term that they used for her discretion of, you know, continuing the match and stuff. Right. But I can't, I can't think of what it is, but I, I was disappointed in this match mainly because I, I like Sean Spears and, I don't like the whole idea of okay, so they're WWE, you know, past wrestlers. Let's not push them. I've heard people say that, but like I like, I guess from a, my standpoint, because I don't know who this guy. I didn't know who he was before he came to AW. Yeah, I didn't either. So that. like, I care about his character now. I don't care about you know that he was in WWE before, and just like you know all these other wrestlers that were in WWE before. I mean, I know Chris Jericho, but I mean, he's awesome. So I just, I wish that they would push Sean Spears more because I I do like him and I enjoy watching him wrestle. Like he's a really good wrestler. So,
0: so yeah, I mean, I, I get it that, you know, Sean Spears is, I think, I think this is probably more so the case of, you know, they want to build Lance Archer Cody's obviously they're going to go, you know, meet up at some point. So that's probably why they gave him the win here. Uh, and and they've ha- they have a pass so they, you know, they wanted to put them together just for the the sake of it. But uh, I think there's plenty of time for Sean Spears to get something going. Was Tully out there with him again? Is that still a thing? Uh, he was not. He hasn't been on any show since the first
2: one. I assume he's not traveling due to the virus. Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, I mind not mind him not about- just
0: being with Tully because I kind of felt like he didn't need Tully. Uh, he doesn't do
2: anything for him, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it, it hasn't really paid off as much. He hasn't been as much of an asset uh, for him, so uh, maybe this will be a chance for him to kind of go on his own while they, you know, are doing these type of shows and he can't be there. So uh, maybe it will lead to something. We'll see.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I hope. I really hope Cody's win this title. I don't think he will. I think they give an Archer. No, I wouldn't imagine. Um, that. I really wanted Spears to get the rub here because. I think Cody could have lost and still looked good. Then Jake could, once the Archer wins the title, they could have that whole thing, have a program there. But you know what do I know? I'm just a guy on a podcast, <laughs> and Tony Khan's a billionaire, so yeah, he's done so pretty good so far with booking. So, how do you feel about the show overall, uh, you guys? It was, it was hit or miss. Uh, it was, it was a little uneven of a show. Uh, it had, you know, two squash matches. Um, I didn't like the Brody Lee stuff. I didn't like the Brody Lee squash. Uh, the women's match was good. The main event was pretty good. I didn't like the obviously the no DQ kind of working its way in. Uh, I think I gave last week's show a B minus, and I think this show is a little worse. I hate. I think I I hate to give it a C plus. So I think I'm just gonna have to get a B not, a B minus. It's it's not it's not a C plus show. It's better than that, but it's a low B minus in my opinion. Right, It's probably in the fence somewhere. I would imagine, yeah. How do you feel, Riley?
1: Um, I'm gonna give it an A. An A. An A. All right then. You <laughs> little Mark. Here. What? You little Mark. <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. Now I do. I do understand like the whole uh, DQ thing for the Cody and Spears match. Um, and I do really want them to push Spears more. But, man, I I just really liked it and. Oh my gosh, Jericho and Tony, they were so good on commentary. I mean, it just made the whole show for me.
2: Yeah, um, they were they were very good on commentary. And you like more of the silly stuff, too, like the uh, Best Friends match. You so. mean
1: the genius stuff? Okay.
2: Well, because- <laughs> <really hard. laughs>
1: yes, yes, I do.
2: Yeah, she was a huge BTE fan, if that tells you anything. Uh, BTE's got a very silly sense of humor. I've
1: watched it. I, okay, so I went back all the way to the beginning and watched from the very beginning. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Yeah,
2: so you know how some people like, you know, like sh- she even watches The Office over and over again. We, we got into AEW and we start, I started telling her about BTE. So she watched a BTE episode and she was like, oh, I like this. So she went back and like BTE was her TV show for like a month and a half. <laughs> and that's what she watched on a lunch break or whatever. So she knows, now knows the whole story of BTE.
1: I highly recommend it to anybody out there who just wants to give it a try. Just do it. Just yeah, watch it I, I it couldn't
0: deep. do it. It's just too much. So I Riley is our resident She's... BTE encyclopedia. If we need a, uh, we need to go back and find something out about the show. We'll I will say, right. if
2: you're gonna watch one episode of BTE, watch the exorcism of Cody Rhodes. <laughs>
1: so funny. That's the funniest episode. Oh my gosh! It's Please do so it. So
2: good. A plus. A plus is all around. But yeah, let's move on. Let's get into the WWE portion of the show. Oh,
0: do we have to? I mean, we don't
2: have to. We can end it right now. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, so SmackDown this week. Really both WWE shows. I don't know how you guys felt about them. Uh, I... Not a, I mean, they kind of built some stuff. S- SmackDown really was like... They were just kind of what they've been the past couple weeks. Just like, meh. It's okay. Uh, basically, again... We weren't really sure if the show was going to happen because, there were, you know, there's uncertainty of, you know, was obviously I think they had taped it. So they're probably going to air this, but, you know, still there's a little bit of uncertainty of how things are going to go about. But nevertheless, they had it in the performance center again. Uh, we opened the show with Braun Strowman, the new uh, universal champion coming out with his blue belt. He gets in the ring, basically recaps beating Goldberg at WrestleMania 36. Am I am I the only person that hates the blue belt? I don't like any of these color belts, honestly. I don't, and like, I don't, the, like, the, I don't like the multiple belts, but that's an so argument we can have for
2: another time. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of okay with the tag team having a red and a blue of the same belt. I get that, Raw and SmackDown or whatever. I think the title of all titles, it looks dumb to have it as blue, but whatever. Bring back big gold. That's my opinion, but I don't want to throw you off too far. I just wanted to get that in there.
0: Well, it was red when it was on raw, but now it's on SmackDown it's just blue. So yeah, it's
2: done it's done red or blue. Yeah,
0: it's I totally agree. But so he's got his blue belt. He's uh he's he's talking He's basically recaps, you know, saying that uh basically recap the match he had with Goldberg, said, when opportunity knocks, you better open the door. Took everything Goldberg had to dish out, but he refused to stay down and he put Goldberg down for good. Uh, hey, he did
2: actually take out everything Goldberg had to dish out because Goldberg only knows like one move.
0: <laughs> That's very true. It couldn't get him up for the jackhammer. So basically he said it was his you know greatest moment of his career. And uh, then Shinsuke Nakamura's music hit. Obviously they've got some history recently because he took the IC belt from Nakamura. So Nakamura surprisingly comes out by himself, comes to the ring. Uh, basically said he's knocking on the door He basically mocked Strowman said he heard enough and promised or Strowman said he heard enough and promised Nakamura was going to get these hands later tonight. Then Cesaro appeared from out of the crown, tried to attack Strowman from behind. Strowman just like shoved him over the top rope, which is (laughs) hilarious looking, but he turned around, got a kick from Nakamura to his head, staggered him a bit. Nakamura and Cesaro hit, hit the road and they got out of the ring out of Dodge. So, um, it was fine to start the show. I mean, introduce Roman as the new champion. Uh, I don't know why Nakamura hasn't said anything for like months and then comes out here and they want him to cut this like long pro- promo on him like trying to speak English. It, it kind of came off rough, so I don't know. I like,
1: loved it. I, I loved his promo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, I mean, it was very Nakamura. He's he's knock he's basically mocking Roman the entire time, but it was a, l- a little bit of a struggle to get through sometimes, uh, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, I didn't, either.
2: I didn't watch it. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and Riley was like, "Man, I really liked Nakamura's promo this week," and I was like, "Really?" Because I was like, "I've never he heard can him barely talk. speak English." <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, it was funny because, like, um, I mean, I'm not saying that it was funny because I could, I don't know, I couldn't really understand a lot of what he was saying, but I got yeah. the gist of it, and I just like how he acts and stuff. I don't
0: know. He's definitely charismatic. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but to me, if they're going to have him talk, make it simple. I mean, just, he knows how, you know I mean? He knows English well enough that he can just say phrases and keep it simple. And it goes with his character. Like when he just said like, knock, knock. And then like, you know, like said stuff like that, like very simple. Like we get it. Like, but when they like try to get him to say, like a whole promo in English and uh, which I think they want him to do. It just, there's a balance. I think there needs to be, but
2: it was yeah, not. I don't know home. why they have him speaking English, but the Kabuki warriors still speak Japanese. <laughs> and the Kabuki warriors are very entertaining in Japanese. I don't understand what they're saying, but it's very entertaining. I think they I would realize
0: like-, like most people, Oscar's like to- better at cutting a Japanese promo than an American promo.
2: So yeah, I would like to see Nakamura cut a Japanese promo on Braun Strowman, and have him just be there standing confused. Like what?
1: He did say something in Japanese. Yeah, he actually, then he yeah, translated he, it in English.
0: Yeah. So, And then Braun Strowman had a proverb of, of his own to get back to him, which basically said he was going to give him these hands or whatever. But Of course. Yeah. So it was just a good opening segment set up the main event of the show, which would be Nakamura versus Strowman. So obviously we we'll had that coming later in the show. Then we got a recap from uh, WrestleMania, which was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, winning the women's tag team championships from the Kabuki Warriors. And uh, we're getting a rematch here, which they said they don't, they weren't going to do automatic rematches anymore, but obviously they've changed their mind because they're doing it here. <laughs> so uh, this is a pretty good match. It um, wasn't, you know, great. I, I don't think it was, it was about as, the same as their Mania match, probably a little bit less. Um, but basically, uh, Asuka and Kyrie saying they, they hit the same like <clears throat> double power, like the power bomb forearm combo that uh, they hit a mania. Uh, Oscar got like an arm bar on Nikki Cross. Bliss was able to break it up. Uh, Satan went f- for a back fist, but Bliss dug to hit a DDT. Oscar pulled Shane out of the ring and Bliss then basically, st- they, they both got hit on the outside uh, and Bliss went up, hit a twisted Bliss from the top rope to the floor. There's also a weird point here. I think this is where they had taped it and like went back and edited it or something because you could hear... It sounded like Corey Graves yelling commentary, like quietly in the background, like through the the performance center, but it wasn't coming through through the headset. It sounded like somebody had turned his mic off, and then Michael Cole was just talking regularly. So I think what happened was they had to edit this match, and Corey Graves was yelling in the background. They didn't bother to edit it out, or they probably couldn't. And then they just I had Michael Cole.
2: They just shut his mic off all the time.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming that's what happened. It was just really because like they were quiet because the commentators aren't talking, but you hear them in the like whispering in the background. It's strange. But basically the match came to an end when they got Kyrie Sane in the ring. Nikki Cross made the blind tag, hit Kyrie Sane with her spinning neck breaker and they retained their belts. So, excuse me, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Bliss Cross Applesauce pick up the win and they retain their titles. So uh, then we actually get the official announcement for Strowman versus Nakamura later in the night. And then shortly after that, we have Micah's favorite wrestler, Elias, coming out to perform his song on King Corbin. Uh, (laughs) He's why I don't watch SmackDown.
1: Hello, I am Elias. I'm just kidding.
2: He's not. I just didn't watch it this week,
0: but I don't like him. Ryan, what do you think about this segment? His his Um... song, his serenade to Baron Corbin.
1: It was not a good song, but I like Elias' character, so... Is this the one with
0: the I toilet? Mean, the toilet. No, that was, no, this
1: that was a, good the good week
0: when he got uh, mufasa off the uh, okay. crow's nest, I
1: mean, which wasn't was the Proctumania ending, by the way. Yeah, this was like a legit... I mean, it was a pretty long song, because yeah, I remember listening to it and thinking, okay, when is he going to be interrupted, and who is he going to be interrupted by? Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Elias is definitely my uh, future endeavor of the week. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> this, was, this song, like, it wasn't good. It was long, as Riley said. And it was just like, I was so ready for this stupid feud to be done. Like, if you want to let Elias win, that's fine. But give him somebody else. But like, I just have a feeling Corbin's going to come back and attack him again next week. And we're just going to keep this thing going. I'm guessing, or I'm hoping at least, this is just his like encore if you want to call it that and just like the show's over now, like the feud is done. I don't know. I really hope so. But I was just like, dude, you beat him already. The match of mania was horrible, which I didn't even get to talk about, but they showed a replay of it basically where Elias hit the guy in the back with a guitar at the beginning of the match. And then it went on to play no part in the ending of the match. They just had a match afterwards, whatever. So it was a bad I, match. had mania. I was over it.
2: I think the way they build heat for Baron Corbin is just have his feuds go on for entirely too long. And then his feuds build heat with the audience and therefore he gets heat. And that's how they're building him as a heel. Yeah. yeah. Go, go away. Heat. Heat. Yep. That's, that's right.
0: So, yeah. So hopefully this is an ending, but we will see. Uh, we then got a recap of the Otis, Mandy, Sonya, Dolph Ziggler angle now, which is a, Square from hell, I guess, with all these people. With, I guess, Tucker in there somewhere. Uh, basically, Michael Cole was calling Otis an inspiration. Corey Graves calling him disgusting. They were bickering on about it. But then Dolph Ziggler and Tony Deville came out. Started like beating on the announce table, yelling at Cole and Graves. They, uh, Deville was saying that she was trying to do what was best for Mandy. Saying she was her friend. Ziggler said he just wanted what was best for Mandy as well. But then Tucker interrupted came out and said uh basically did the same thing that dolph did to otis started showing him pics of otis and mandy working out together and it was clearly one random photo shoot they did at the back of the pc of them two working out outside i was like you couldn't make this look any more like last minute like i don't make this this does not prove otis's and mandy's relationship to me at all but whatever it was funny because it was otis and he's like you know lifting weights and just gandering at Mandy the entire time.
2: Yeah, I saw this. I saw this segment. And like when Dolph Ziggler did this a couple weeks ago, he had like video, like pictures of them traveling, going places at dinner. And now they just have Otis oogling over Mandy Rose while she's working out, which is just weird.
1: I don't mind yeah. it though because of the situation. I mean, they don't really have many places. That's to right. Go. They can't
2: travel. So yeah. Yeah.
1: he also so, was holding bananas. So. Yeah, what was
0: that about? <laughs> Potassium, I don't yeah. know. It's Otis, so it's he's fantastic. So whatever he does, gets yeah. a thumbs up for me. Uh, but this basically led to Dolph Ziggler versus Tucker. Tucker essentially just said, we have unfinished business because of the disqualification last week. Um, they recapped the zigzag and all that stuff. Basically, the story of this match was Tucker would, you know, have the advantage of Dolph, but De- DeVille definitely made, you know, the difference. She kept distracting Tucker. Uh, we also had a point where Tucker again whipped Ziggler into the ring steps and again did not get a disqualification. But then Mandy had to distract the referee so Ziggler, Ziggler could again stick him like his thumb in his eye. I was just like, why? <laughs> like whatever. So uh I had a decent match. Uh basically it led to the the dreaded big man running into the corner. Uh, the guy moving out of the way, so Tucker just goes shoulder first, first into the post. Ziggler hits a super kick, got the win. I don't really know why they did this. Like you're trying to make Ziggler look like the loser here because he, you know, got caught and you know cheating on, basically deceiving Mandy and Otis. They're trying to put Otis and Mandy over, and then they just come out here and just beat Tucker. Like I, I don't get it. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't like it. Um, I didn't like it either.
2: I hope. That with this whole Mandy Rose and Otis thing, they don't just leave Tucker behind because Tucker is if a. They did in this match. Wrestler. He's a he's a better wrestler than Otis. Otis just has more of a charisma about him. But yeah, I don't like I don't like Dolph Ziggler the bully burying Tucker again. Um, yeah. that's
1: just that's just my opinion. I was telling Micah after the match or after I watched it because he didn't. Um, that Tucker had like the offense like the whole time. And Dolph just comes in and pushes him into the corner and then super kicks him and then falls on top of him. Like literally just falls on top of him because I guess it gave, he gave it all that he had. And then one, two, three, and he won. And it was upsetting because I did not want that to happen. I thought maybe right. Tucker would come out the winner and then their tag team would look stronger.
0: Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> and. I mean, nothing from the hacker. Like he's just—he's yes. satisfied. He—he he, he did what he needed to do, and sure. So, it's true. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so no follow up. So maybe maybe we'll see something else from him down the road.
1: Probably, um, it. Yeah, I, <laughs> probably not. <laughs>
0: just a, a means to an end, I guess. But um, yeah, I didn't want to see Tucker lose here either. Uh, but after this, we basically got. Uh, we got shown the closing moments of the triple threat ladder match uh, that happened to mania, which showed John Morrison uh, stealing the belt from Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso. Uh, then we got a dr- dirt sheet segment. Uh, this was all like just cringy throughout. <laughs> like I love John Morrison. I think he's fantastic. Miz does fine playing along, but they did the song here. Oh, it was just so they weren't on beat. They were trying to like rap, I guess it, it's supposed to be bad, but I, I
1: loved it.
2: We're <laughs> gonna give the show an A too.
1: I loved this part. The Miz made me laugh so hard. Like the Miz. The whole time, yes, uh, I told Mike. I was like, I hear people not like the Miz. I don't understand that because he makes me laugh every single time he comes out there and does whatever he does. Like him and Morrison are great to me, and I loved the rap. And then whenever it got to the part where it was like, the Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. That part, that was a little bit cringy, but I liked the rap part.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anytime somebody starts a song and is like trying to catch up to it from the beginning, it's just, I'm done. <laughs> like from that point on. So, uh, basically, they, they did that, which led to the Usos interrupting, thankfully. <laughs> they came out, they made a lot of Pee Wee Herman references, which... I I guess, hey, WWE's demographic right now, at least on the ones they're getting on TV, are like the forty and older type people. Most of the people that are watching the show, so I guess it hits for them. But if they're trying to get the younger audience, sure, go for it if you want. (laughs) A lot of yeah. I was about to say,
1: I I honestly don't even know what he looks like or (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Well, there you go.
0: So, hey, it might be true. You, You don't know. So. Yeah, a lot of that here, they they're pretty bad about throwing out references that just like like I said, they, they did the Maury and Oprah and Ellen references, and I'm like, well, Ellen's still on TV, but yeah, so basically they just came out, uh pointed out that Ms. Morrison um there are the tag team chants, but not Morrison by himself, said that they basically won a tag match with them as a team so they could beat him for it. That obviously had the new day coming out. Uh, we're still doing the song and dance. They basically pointed out uh, that there was another team in the, uh, my notes are all screwed up here. <laughs> this got autocorrected. Basically, Biggie said that the other three that weren't in the match weren't able to compete. They should have an opportunity to compete uh, in the match, basically saying, so Biggie, the other who, and the Miz who were not in the main match, they should be able to fight for the titles. So, Basically, or, next week on SmackDown, we're going to get The Miz defending the tag team titles against Biggie and Jey Uso.
2: Or, here's an idea. Why don't they just have a tag team match for the tag team titles?
1: <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, makes sense. I think part of me thinks they did the thing of Mania just to... Have, they're like, hey, we could get another match out of this because that's exactly what they did. They, they just knew this was going to happen, so... Uh, well, the
2: Miz was out, I know, because he was sick, is what was said. No, Mike,
0: he was injured from the attack that he walked away from unscathed. The yeah, week just before like Andrade was injured. injured. Yeah. Mm. WWE just baffles me sometimes. So, yeah, basically, this was all set up for the triple threat next week for the tag team titles, which is not a tag team match. But whatever. I'm sure it'll end at a DQ or something. You After this, we got uh, a yeah. uh, – Yeah, I'm sure – we got the Forgotten Sons, which are Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, with Jackson Ry- Ryder, Riker, who was formerly uh, Gunner from TNA, against the Lucha Dragons. Uh, basically, it was uh, the Forgotten Sons. Was this their? I think yeah, this is their debut on the main roster, right? They got called up. That
1: was it. Was their debut? They mentioned something about oh, they're bringing in a new tag team after WrestleMania or something.
0: Uh, t- I'm just going to go. I'm going to go ahead and predict. The Forgotten Sons are going to be all but forgotten within like a month. Like to me, I mean, I felt the same way when they were on NXT. Gunner is the only guy who looks like a star, and he's always like their manager on the outside, and he's like jacked and is like has a beard. He looks like he could beat you up, but he never does anything. Uh, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake are good wrestlers, but to me, they just look like Forgotten Sons. Like they just they look like the Jobber Team out here beating up the Lucha Dragons. I mean, just visually, that's how it looked to me. Uh, They got the win here, but I just know how WWE is. And I think Vince is going to look at him and like he'll get, he'll give it a couple weeks. They probably won't get over because obviously it's not a crowd. So I I just think they're going to be a jobber team. So uh, they had a decent match, basically picked up the win with the uh, inverted DDT foot stomp combo. Uh, After that, we basically had a segment in the back with. Alexa and, Nick, and Nikki Cross celebrating their retaining of the belts when Dana Brooke and Carmella, another thrown-together women's tag team, approaches them and congratulates them, basically asks for a title shot. Bliss wasn't quite sure. She said she wants to talk to Nikki about it. They kind of step aside, but then Nikki Cross was just like, she basically just you know, gave up on it and just yelled, yes, we agree. And Bliss was like, hey, cool your Jets next time. Let's talk about it. But uh, So I guess next week we're going to have Dana Brooke and Carmella versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the tag team titles. So yeah, they, they just need a team, I guess. (laughs) I'm fine
1: with seeing Bliss Cross kick some butt.
0: They definitely need to be defending, but uh, they should probably try and get just some more women's tag teams together. I mean, where are the Iconics? Uh, Mandy and Sonya, I guess are broken up now. They just did the Kabuki Warriors. So I, I don't know shouldn't have broken up the riot squad. They'd be probably a good team to go up against and they're not doing anything else, but whatever. After this, we had a promo from Sasha and Bailey. They basically come out to the ring. Uh, Bailey notes that two weeks ago, Paige tried to ruin her WrestleMania and hers and Sasha's friendship by putting them in this five way elimination. Uh, Banks also noted there was nobody that could defeat them from their past or their present, which brings out Tamina not dressed in her sneakers, yoga pants, and a hoodie again, which you know, thankfully, she comes down the ring. Basically, said that uh, the only reason she got beat was because all four of them teamed teamed up on them in the WrestleMania match, which is hey, legal. So yeah, she just came off. She just came off uh, as like sour grapes, but basically said that uh, if it were just down to her and Bailey, she would beat Bailey. So she wants a title shot. Banks was furious that Tamina would request a title shot. Um, Tamina said she didn't like Banks' tone. Banks kind of acted scared. Bailey and Banks the whole time were just kind of acting goofy and like tried to be scared heels. When it's Jericho and he like can pull it off, but then go out there and like stab you in the eye with you know a key, it's okay. But when you're just like acting goofy for the sake of acting goofy, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know. What do you guys think about it?
1: Well, definitely somebody's turning on somebody soon. That's all I've got to say. Sasha was mad at Bailey for putting her up there for the slaughter.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because basically what happened was Tamina, Bailey said that, you know, she wouldn't face her. But the only way she'd do it is if Sasha, she like beat Sasha next week. So basically laid Sasha out for the slaughter. So Sasha was not happy about it. Tamina was happy about it and Bailey was happy about it. So I, I definitely agree. I think it's leading to something, but we'll see. I mean, I guess Tamina's getting a push now out of nowhere. So fine. Uh, so yeah, it's next week. We'll have Tamina versus Sasha. And like you said, I'm sure this is leading to something. Uh, then we had a squash match, which there's plenty of them in WWE this week. We had Sheamus defeating Cal bloom who I don't think they ever said who he was related to, but he's a second generation superstar. Uh, I think he looked pretty good. He kind of looked the part, but basically just got dominated by Sheamus. Sheamus just beat him down, hit him with a broke kick, got the win. Um, then uh, basically we had our main event, um, which was Strowman versus Nakamura. This was a non-title match. Um, basically, Strowman dominated through the whole, you know, through most of the thing uh basically, you know, booted Nakamura in the chest. He uh hit him in the corner. C- Cesaro played distraction throughout the match, you know, kind of gave Nakamura some uh offense toward the end. Um uh, Strom was able to fight fight back though, hit a side slam. Cesaro just kind of kept playing part. No, no Sami Zayn here. So he he wasn't uh, out here for this. But they just kept it was basically you know the two on one thing where they just Keith in the guy on the outside, played a distraction. Uh, Strowman, uh, basically Nakamura was able to hit him with a knee from uh, from behind, went for a Kinshasa. Strowman countered it, just basically picked him up out of nowhere, hit him with the power slam, retained the universal title. Uh, oh, I guess this was a title match. I didn't, actually didn't think it was a title match. Um, but I wrote my notes here that it was a title match. So who knows? <laughs> So he you retained his title wrong. here. Wrong, I I could totally be wrong, I, but I've if I didn't think it was for the belt, but anyway, he basically celebrated in with his belt when the Firefly Funhouse interrupted. Bray was on the screen, basically said he has to rewrite history, show the footage of John Cena losing at mania in the Firefly Funhouse match, why then congratulated Stroman on winning. Uh they they showed you know the lantern that was Bray's severed head. Uh He's like whispering stuff. I, I couldn't even make out what he was saying. But Wyatt, Wyatt had a flashback, showed Strowman when he was a member of the Wyatt family with the lamb mask, the big giant beard and everything. Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt said he wondered uh, if he should forgive Strowman. And then all the puppets came out and said uh, they they wouldn't forgive him. But uh, then randomly Rabbit came out and said, I think he's a pretty cool dude. And then uh, Bray's like, shut up, Rabbit. <laughs> Basically, he's poor Rabbit. Yeah. So he hating on the rabbit still. But Strowman, or uh, Wyatt said he wanted something back, and uh, he said it was on Strowman's shoulder, obviously the blue belt. Wyatt said that since Strowman, um, or since uh, Strowman, um, he brought Strowman in this world, he was going to take him out. He said, uh, basically, just waved goodbye to him. They played the music, but then Strowman stopped him and said, hey, Bray. And uh, the music kind of cut out, and he said, whenever he wants, Strowman said that he can let him in. So he kind of turned his phrase on him, whatever. And then Strowman got like a smile on his face and said, "Oh, bye. And just like did basically mocking Wyatt. So Strowman played, you know, the, the mocking baby face here, obviously it's leading to the fiend bro- or uh fiend versus Strowman here. And this end of SmackDown, uh, like I said, it was not a whole lot happening. They, they set up some matches for next week, but like nothing story-wise like big happened. So, it was kind of a lackluster show, like no big debuts or anything. Like the biggest debut was the forgotten sons. So uh, if I had
2: to get uh, to to go back to where you were, I'm I'm not looking forward to Braun versus Bray. I don't don't know how you feel about it. Um, I think there's two ways this could happen. And both of them are bad. Just like originally Seth Rollins versus the fiend. I don't think the fiend needs the title. I think we've seen that that's bad. If they give the Fiend a title, he's just gonna get squashed for Roman Reigns, and I don't want that. He's been he, he redeemed himself with the John Cena match. I don't I don't want to see him lose to Braun, and I don't want to see him with a title. So,
0: I mean, I would know. imagine they're gonna just build to Braun versus Roman when they get back. So I don't even see Fiend winning the belt back. Um, I think they're gonna keep it on Strowman for a while, and like I said, until they have this big match whenever they can get a crowd and everything. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I mean, I'm with you. I'm not looking forward to the matches because I mean, why would you look forward to any Strowman match? But it's happening. <laughs>
2: so. The post looks forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyways, how how would you grade it?
0: I, like I said, not nothing really happened. So, and, and what did happen wasn't like amazing. It wasn't like a blowaway match on the show to kind of help it. Uh, I'd give it like a somewhere between a C minus and a D plus. Like just it it happened. I'd give it I guess a C minus cuz they built to next week so they did stuff I guess but nothing major. I, I don't know. Riley, what do you think since you watched?
1: Um, I think I'll give it a C just because that first match with wasn't it the first match Bliss Cross?
0: Uh, yes. Cuz they were, yeah, they were the first match on the show.
1: Cuz I remember thinking, well, we saw this before and I don't want to I hated that they had to wrestle again because it's like, well, obviously Blitzcross is going to win this, right? And if they lost, and that would be awful. If, and if they win again, like Kyrie and Oscar um, is going to get
0: And if they lose to Dana and Carmella, anymore. I'm going to be livid.
1: <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't really,
2: really love instant rematches either. I think all it does is further bury the team that was beaten.
1: Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, you definitely suck because we just won twice.
0: Yeah, And, and as um, we'll see on Raw, like they tr- they're trying to pretend like Oscar is this killer again and I'm like uh, okay, whatever like it's just it's like two different characters on the different shows like it doesn't true yeah,
1: yeah yeah but yeah there's um a lot of things i guess that kind of put a negative uh, like afterwards i wasn't super happy like it wasn't like after watching aw or anything but um so yeah and i mean and they run, gave you but- a bunch
0: of matches but i mean None that I'm like super looking forward to,
1: but at what cost? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so what did I say? C minus, did I say C minus? C-? Okay, C. C. So yeah. I want to go with just a plain old C. Yeah,
0: I'll give it a C minus. It wasn't horrible, like, but it wasn't great. So that's I didn't watch it until it, it gets enough. An <laughs> yeah, and, and incomplete from Micah, which is <laughs> nef. Then it we have.
1: If Elias didn't come out and sing the song, (laughs) that really put it over for me. Yeah.
0: He only got himself a future endeavor for me, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, Then we had Raw, which was also very similar, like nothing. uh, It had a little more going on, but uh, basically we opened the show with Drew McIntyre, which is by far to me has been the highlight of, uh, I mean, obviously besides like the, the Undertaker and that stuff, you know, going to WrestleMania weekend, but as far as just like, Current superstars being great on TV. Drew McIntyre, for me, has been awesome. Uh, he comes out and cuts a promo, basically talks about, you know, they recap him winning the title. He uh, basically just like recaps the title win at Mania. So he thanked the fans for his support, uh, called it his lifelong dream. Said the beating Lesnar show and show him back to back weeks shows what kind of champion he's going to be. That if anyone deserved a chance at the title, uh, they'd get the opportunity. Uh, just, you know, great babyface promo. Uh, He's then interrupted pretty quickly by Andrade and Zelina, which he like, you know, was fed up with. He's like, Oh, you know, whatever. So they come out. Uh, Zelina says Andrade is a real champion of raw talks about Andrade being robbed of his WrestleMania moment. She said that drew got back to back mania moments over the weekend. And I was like, what two moments? I mean, I guess beating Lesnar and then winning the title counts as two, maybe uh, uh,
2: beating Lesnar. And then later that night that aired later, beating the big show.
0: (laughs) I guess which is
2: dumb. It's still dumb. It's a that mania moment.
0: Like I guess that's what they were talking it about. Happened,
2: but... It happened at mania though. You don't know they have the little logo at the bottom left of the screen.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Pre-recorded yeah. so, mania.
0: Stupid. Yeah. It was so, dumb. so. she's just talking about you know Andrade getting robbed of his moment due to injury, quote unquote. Uh, but then it you know the drug
2: test. Yeah, <laughs> that was his injury, he tripped and fell into whatever kind of performance-enhancing
0: drug. <laughs> So uh, we basically got we got reminded uh, the last time these two were in the ring uh, was when Andrade beat Drew for the NXT title, and it was the same match where Drew tore his bicep at the finish of the match, which left him out for six months. Drew said, you know, it was something that he never forgot. It cost him six months of his career. Basically, set up the main event, which would be Drew versus Andrade, champion versus champion. But this is a non-title match. Then Andrade, much like Nakamura, did on SmackDown. Uh, of course, he didn't cut like a super long promo, but came out and s- said a little bit of Eng- English here. He did say that uh, <laughs> he would; it would be no more senior nice guy, which I kind of chuckled at. So, um, but yeah, so yeah. it sets up the main event, Drew versus uh, Andrade.
2: Yeah, Riley was like, but has he been nice so far? <laughs> he doesn't yeah, seem like he's been nice. I
1: was like, what are you talking about? He's been mean the whole time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you though. Uh, Drew McIntyre has definitely been the highlights of. Uh, he's he's the p- perfect person to have the belt. He's a superstar. Um, he's he's my favorite current roster member that's not dead because AJ Styles is dead. Um, yeah, rest but, in peace. Yeah, RIP AJ Styles. But yeah, he's he's doing a great job, and he'll be a fantastic champion. Hopefully, he has at least a year long reign.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. They need to. Keep him with the bell for as long as they can until the, the you know they get a crowd back and give this guy a legitimate shot with the bell because I mean honestly like I look at him and I'm like how can WWE screw this guy up like I'm I'm hoping he he can go out and I mean basically like this promo and all the promos he's cut so far have been pretty solid he's and very curious and and he comes off like it's not a written promo like he just comes yeah. out and speaks his mind like it's, and it's he what comes needs off to be very real. Yeah, and he does a great job with it. So I'm hoping they're not writing for him; they're just letting him do his thing because this guy could get over. And there, it's what they love about like he's tall, jacked, got long hair like Vince loves. He can cut a promo. He's so entertaining. Like it, it, this guy can be the next guy. Like, and he should be. Like they, he should get. I mean, it, you never know until it actually hits. But I mean, he he definitely has a good shot at being it. Like he's just he ticks all the boxes. So I'm hoping. You know when they get the crowd back and everything, he he just has the belt. He continues on this run and gets over because the fans love him. I think the company loves him, uh, and hopefully he just keeps going. So yeah, good promo, and we'll see him in the main event. Uh, we then got uh, a qualifying match for the women's Money in the Bank because they have Money in the Bank coming up. This is like what I was saying earlier. Asuka comes out. Uh, they talk about her being like a killer, and you know, painter is being this. I mean, even at one point, like the commentary people were talking about, uh, I forget who said it though, of, like saying Oscar's like, has, he's been fired up lately. And I was just like, it's, they, they literally treat it like Smackdown Oscar and, and raw Oscar are just two completely different people. I mean, maybe so, they are. Have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? I guess so. Ooh,
1: good yeah. point. Micah.
0: I mean, they've got the same, the same attire and green crap paint on their face, but. Who knows? Who knows? They do the same dance because <laughs> uh, Asuka was dancing. She, she wrestled Ruby right here in this qualifying match. Asuka was in the ring dancing to her music the, the whole time, basically, you know, playing crazy Asuka as she's been doing. It was like a decent back and forth match. They they went like 10 to 12 minutes, something like that. Uh, had some good countering. I mean, Ruby Riot's a good wrestler, so they had a pretty you know, pretty good match. Uh, there was a really cool spot, though, when Asuka... Basically turned the riot kick into an ankle lock, and then picked her up and then just hit her with a German suplex. Uh, I definitely like this Oscar better. So, you know, keep keep her on RAW and keep doing this. Uh, and basically, Oscar attempted an Oscar lock. Uh, Raya was able to reverse it into a near fall. She like did the thing where she went over the top over. her. I think Becky did the same way to defeat Oscar at some point. Uh, but she basically rolled over and tried to pin attempt, but only got a near fall. Then Riot got up, hit a flatlander for a near fall, but Asuka was able to get the Asuka lock on her and picked up the win here. So Asuka, the first woman to qualify for the Money in the Bank Women's Ladder Match. Uh, then after the match, basically, Charlie interviewed Asuka. She grabbed the mic, yelled and cut a promo in Japanese, and declared, nobody is ready for Asuka uh, except for Alexa Bliss, I guess. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like this Asuka way better. Um,
1: yes i I liked that match, but I didn't like the submission at the end' because I think it made uh riot come off weak. like
0: yeah, and I guess that like riot- she she was gonna have something with Liv. they were kind of teasing when she came back and I guess they just dropped it because Liv lost like straight out of mania um Oscar came out here and beat Ruby. so yeah i mean i I could see that Oscar's there they're pushing her like- again.
1: Yeah, I didn't like how, like, she puts her in the submission hold and literally not even a millisecond after she does it, Ruby taps out and it's like, yeah, she can't that. even try to get out of it or, like, at least, you know, deal with the pain for two seconds. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I,
0: don't
1: I, don't like,
2: to,
0: I don't like her. Because do I that. really
1: like the match, but then that really put a bad taste in my mouth afterward. But,
0: right. No, yeah, I definitely agree. It, it was yeah, like an immediate tap. So yeah, it's not the strongest look for her, but it is much stronger than her, uh, former riot house or riot squad core. What's the word cohort? What happened later? Yes. Th- yeah. Cohorts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Oscar. I like this. Like I said, I like this Oscar way better. Um, so she is qualifying for the money in the bank match. We then had an MVP segment where he was in the VIP lounge backstage which is just him, apparently. I guess he's the only VIP in WWE. So, uh, but him hanging out by himself backstage in his room was kind of weird. Uh, he basically uh, announced, made the breaking news that there were going to be three Money in the Bank qualifying matches next week: Rey Mysterio and Murphy, uh, Aleister Black versus Austin Theory, and then uh, Apollo Cruz and some guy who he was just like. Putting over so big, saying he was like the greatest ladder match participant of all time, blah blah. And then he admitted. I totally
2: thought he was talking about Jeff Hardy.
0: I did too. Like I thought Jeff Hardy, Edge, like who's? And then he's like, "Oh, it's me." And I was like, eh, "He kind of got me with that one." No so, one's ever said that about MVP. Nope. So
1: MVP has said that about MVP.
0: I guess so. He's the only one. But I mean, totally a thing to you remember do. Remember,
2: like a month ago when MVP
0: retired. He's retired like four times on the show Even <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy. Like Matt Hardy was done with WWE like twice or three times. MVP's retired about four times. So he's coming back. He, he's retired and, uh, his retirement is as legitimate as his claim of being the, uh, best ladder match participant of all time. Like he was saying. So, so yeah, so three matches set up for next week. Uh, so at least they got that going on for them. Uh, Speaking of which, we had one of the participants in those matches, Aleister Black going up against Oni Lorcan. They had a pretty good match, but I mean, I said it kind of leading into, I think leading into Mania. They just keep putting Aleister with these guys, and they have good matches, but they're no-name guys. I mean, I like Oni Lorcan, but Jerry Lawler literally called him. He said in this match, Black was maybe underestimating, quote, this Oni guy, like, and he kind of looked like Cesaro out there with doing the European uppercuts. And, you know, he just kind of looks like him anyway. But he just kind of looked like a knockoff Cesaro. And Black, I mean, I don't want to see him come out and have a squash every week, but, like, he just has a back-and-forth match with him. It was good, but it doesn't make Black necessarily look good. that He's out here struggling with these guys who nobody probably knows about. So uh, it was a good match. Black won with the Black Mass at the end. Uh, and then after the match... Sarah Schreiber interviewed him in the ring and asked what his his gameplay was uh, next week. His game plan against Austin Theory. He just kind of stared at her, like puzzled, and said, my game plan is to win. So very straightforward. Yeah, good Good idea. Then we had a Becky Lynch promo. Uh, It was fine. She came out and basically said uh, she was playing mind games with Shayna leading up to Mania. Each time Baszler destroyed somebody, she just got sillier and sillier. So the only person to get that could get close enough to the queen is to destroy her is the Joker. Uh, so she sees she, that's who she says she, uh, poses no threat to the queen. Um, she said, this, So that's why she's champion. Uh, you know, she's basically saying that she was playing mind games with her and was doing it all on purpose. Um, she said, Someone who was born to bully couldn't beat somebody who was born to survive. Essentially, Lynch, you know, said this and then said. Uh, addressing whoever was going to win this money in the bank women's ladder match said that anybody who wanted to challenge her, she welcomed them to you know make the challenge after they won, which I kind of didn't like. Cause I was like, you know, the rules are they could challenge whenever, but you're asking them to just challenge you straightforward. It kind of came off as like, I'd rather see Becky be like, I don't care where it is. You can challenge me in the parking lot, you know, wherever, like, I don't care. I'm going to be ready. Instead. She's like, challenge me face to face like a man. Cause I can't beat you. Like, I don't know. Didn't come off that strong to me, but it was an okay yeah. promo.
2: This honestly, all I can think about through this promo is how much I'm sick of Becky Lynch as Women's Champion. That's all I can think about. I'm sick of her. She's great, but she's overstayed her welcome. Uh, she should have lost to Shane at WrestleMania, and I don't know who she's gonna lose to now. I mean, maybe she'll have a rematch and Shane will beat her. But uh,
1: I think that's what's gonna
2: happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, See, I'm totally sick possible. of her. Didn't didn't love this promo. Um she needs something else. And yeah. this wasn't it.
0: Yep. And s- speaking of something else, we had uh another money in the bank qualifying match. Shayna versus Sarah. I mean, basically, literally what happened. Sarah Logan like hit her in the back. She turned turn around, just like pinned her on the ground, beat the snot out of her. And then she set her arm up, like the stomp that she's done a couple times. She goes to stomp on Liz's arm. I mean uh Logan's arm. She did it to Liv Morgan as well. Uh, but she did it to Logan's arm this time. Logan screamed out in pain. The ref checked on her immediately stopped the match. And then the ring announcer mistakenly said that Logan was the winner as she's crying like tears and like screaming out in pain. But the commentators were like quickly there to point out that this was, you know, incorrect and said Shayla was the winner here. They also played this up as like a legit injury. Uh, From what I heard, she's not legit hurt. Um,
2: Yeah, it didn't come off to me as a shoot injury. It 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 fooled Matthew. I mean, it uh, fooled me. Uh, It fooled it fooled a lot of people. I so Sarah Logan is either a fantastic actor or it hurt her a little bit because she was crying. She was legitimately boo hooing, like bawling her eyes out. And for a second there, I was like, man, maybe she really is injured. Then they played the replay, and I was like, yeah, maybe she tweaked her elbow a little bit, but it didn't hurt her that bad. They didn't break her arm or anything like they're trying to play it off as. But before the match, they asked Shayna what her opinion was of Ronda Rousey's recent statements, right. which are obviously about WWE being fake wrestling. So my opinion is they are going to push Shayna forward as a legitimate threat and a legitimate fighter um, and possibly leading up to a Ronda Rousey rematch or maybe actually taking the title off of Becky uh i don't know i don't know how i feel about it but i think this was a work Uh, it was a good one and i would have fell for it if it weren't for the way the commentators the cameraman and the whole production crew really handled it i think if it was a real injury they would have swept it more under the rug uh but they put a lot of focus on it and especially the interview before the match kind of and it threw a flag for me but
0: yeah no i totally agree and that's why she like she basically just like took her down and ground and pound her like an MMA fight. So I think this is totally a work and they're doing exactly what you said, Micah. They're trying to get her over as legitimate. So, uh, that's what it was. And like Everything you said, what do you mean?
1: So like, what's What? Like, are you saying she's supposed to be legitimately hitting these people? Like, legitimately legitimate? injuring
2: them. I think is what they're going to start. They're going to start having her injure people is what I think.
1: Okay. I was thinking that you were talking about like, I mean, they're not going legitimately... uh,
2: to kayfabe that wrestling's fake. That's
1: what, that's what I was saying. I was like, then what's everything else then? Like, if this isn't, you know, if this is supposed to be legitimate, what's everything else?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think they'll go that route. That would be dumb uh, for them. I mean, they would, they've done dumber things before, but. And this definitely does do no
0: favors that. for yeah. Logan. Cause I mean, how are you they're, ever going to take her seriously? Over. I mean, I would imagine if she really broke her arm, it would hurt really bad, and she probably would not like it. But she was like boo-hooing and like just came off like she didn't even belong in the wrestling ring. Like, I get it. Like, she's supposed to be. It just was not a good look. I don't care if you're tough. Like, I've. I mean, I've. I watched Ronda Rousey's fights where she got, you know, her last fight with Amanda Nunes where she got beat up in the face and she did not cry afterwards. Like it yeah, just did not look good for Sarah Logan. So I don't know. I I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if she never came back, honestly. Like, cause she, I mean, they're going to sell her being legit hurt. Uh, and like, this just did not do her any favors, but, uh, moving on. it she, yeah, I agree with what you said, Mike. I think she's going to be a legitimate, beat her, beat her upper from now on. Uh, also something weird. Seth Rollins just standing in the back. He's just, like, mouth-breathing like crazy. (laughs) Like, monotone, says at WrestleMania. Also, Kevin Owens, once again, my career has been crucified. Just strange. This is the weirdest
2: Uh, promo since Sheldon Benjamin's promos, where he didn't say anything.
0: And and this this happened repeatedly throughout the the night, as we'll see. But just, yeah, very weird. Uh, Very monotone. It's like he's lost it. So... Yeah. So he's standing in the back, got the first of many that he's going to do. Uh, then we had Austin theory versus Akira Tozawa. Basically a squash match. Uh, Selena, uh, she was out on commentary. So there are four people sitting side by side, uh, not following the social distancing guidelines. Uh, but basically she was putting over theory throughout the whole match saying she doesn't do things by accident. Like she got this kid cause he was a hot commodity. Uh, I'm sure she probably does think he's hot. Uh, <laughs> Basically, like I said, a total squash. Uh, Tazawa did get some offense in at the very end. Uh, he also hit a running senton on the outside, which Jerry Lawler controversially referred to as a ramen noodle moonsault. So
2: did, I did not even catch that. Did he really say that?
0: He sure did. And uh, God, he's, he's
2: the most Jim Cornette thing he's ever said in his life.
0: Yeah. So he is not getting. So he's getting some heat coming out of that. He's already uh, got heat
2: for being there to begin with. He's an old yeah. man. He's in bad health. He shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah. So. I would not be surprised if Jerry Lawler was not on a run next week, but uh, he's not going to get fired, but yeah, not a good look for Jerry Lawler. Uh, but basically the finish came when Tozawa tried to get an octopus hold on uh, Theory, but Theory reversed it, hit him with a TKO, which he's calling the ACL. Uh, I guess he's from Atlanta and uh, he picked up the win here. So he beats Tozawa after the match. Andrade uh, and Garza came out. They joined, Together and beat down tozawa So the heels right here. Nobody came out to save tozawa so I guess nobody likes him. So uh yeah, Austin Theory picks up the win and qualifies or next week he'll have the qualifying match against Alistair Black. Um so a good win for Theory. Um it's solid match, but uh just basically a squash match. We then had uh Caruso, Charlie Caruso in the back, talking to Mysterio. Um I thought this was a simple but great promo. Uh, not scripted because Mysterio was just talking about his uh world title run in two, uh, 2010 said that uh he, you know, had just beaten Mark Henry. You know, he he felt like the title run was going great when Kane all of a sudden came out and cashed in the money, in the bank contract on him. And that's where his title reign ended and said, nobody knows how dangerous the money in the bank briefcase is more than me. So that's why I want to win it back. And, uh, Basically said he knows how dangerous Murphy is as well. Gave him nothing but respect. Almost gave him his first name back. That's how much he respects him. He said Murphy. Because he's just Murphy now. Which sounds so dumb. I mean, Buddy is not the best name, but just calling this guy Murphy. Buddy
2: Buddy Murphy is so much better than just Murphy.
0: Yeah, Yeah. But like I said, I totally agree. Buddy is not the greatest name in the world, but Whatever. So he called him Burb Murphy. Uh, but puts him over, says he knows how good he is, knows he's going to be great one, you know, down the road. But right now he wants his briefcase bad and he knows Murphy doesn't want it as badly as him. So sets up their match for next week. We get Rollins again, still standing backstage, still mouth breathing. Says everybody needs something to have faith in. I want you to know that I'm still here for you. Your Messiah has truly risen.
2: That's a spot-on impression, I will say. <laughs> basically. That's exactly how he delivered it.
0: Yeah, it's still it's still weird. Every, yeah, like, he has lost it. I'm I'm surprised he didn't come back with a white streak in his hair. And, like, yeah. So, uh, anyway, basically we had our fifth squash match of the night. Angel Garza versus some Miles guy. Uh, don't even remember his name. It was quick. He won with the wing clipper. Uh, he looks good. I mean, I like Angel Garza. I think he's going to be really good when they get a crowd back and he could be a good heel because he was a good heel here. Uh, Andrade in theory came out much like they did uh, earlier for theory, I guess. And they beat down this Miles guy just like they did this hour earlier. So just another squash match though. Like I said, there's there's been like five on the show. <laughs> so if you're looking for good back and forth wrestling, there wasn't a whole lot of it on Monday Night Raw in this three hours. So guess they don't have stuff to replay anymore. What? Yeah, that's true.
2: I said, I said that's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of squash matches. Uh, speaking of which we had another one, Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane to qualify for the money, in the bank. I think everyone actually no, because Ruby, Riot And Oscar wasn't a squash, even though the ending kind of she tapped quickly, but it was at least back and forth. But the other two were just straight squash matches. Um, Nia, just basically threw Kyrie around. The only highlight of the match was Asuka in the back watching it on the TV, just screaming, Kyrie, Kyrie. And uh yeah, so she she got killed by Naya. Uh so Jax is, you know, in the Money in the Bank ladder match, which I don't do not want to see this woman climbing a ladder, like yeah. <laughs> She's gonna kill herself or kill somebody. I feel
2: I feel bad for Kyrie saying. Because she deserves better. Um, yes, for sure. Nia Jax is a female Goldberg, female Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, and it's a shame that Kyrie Sane had to die so that she could go on.
0: And supposedly, she's like embroiled in this, uh, this whole Ronda Rousey thing. She's been talking crap to Ronda. I don't know if it's. I'm guessing it's a work because they I would all like, like to shoot
2: fight between those two.
0: <laughs> Ronda, Ronda would kill her. <laughs> I don't know. She's much bigger,
2: but I don't know. I don't.
0: Yeah, yeah Rhonda would witness, kill
1: her.
0: Rhonda would easily kill Nia Jax. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, Rhonda is like a black belt in judo, and she's legit, like, practice MMA, like, uh, with... she. I mean, she, she grapples with men, like, regularly. So... I think so. Yeah, I think she'd kill Nia. Anyway, yeah, basically just a squash match, so Nia qualifies. Then we have a Charlotte Flair promo... Also just fine. She comes out, she keeps referring to herself as the queen said she has no interest in wrestling Bailey or Becky after the rumble. But when, uh, Rhea challenged her, she, you know, it piqued her interest. She said that Vince knew that last year she was the biggest thing. And, uh, she also called Rhea. She saw that she was the biggest thing coming up. So when she beat her, she legitimized herself as the biggest thing. Um, that, and that's basically why Vince put her in the main event last year, even though she lost. So I was like, okay. Uh, basically said that she wanted to teach Rhea a lesson just like uh, she wants to teach the rest of the women's division in NXT a lesson that they lack hu- uh, humility so that she's going to show it to them. There's always somebody bigger, faster, and stronger. She's the queen. And since so she's going to teach uh, Io Shirai that lesson because obviously Io just won the women's ladder match, not the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, but just the women's ladder match on NXT to get uh, the next number one contender shot. So, um, yeah, EO versus Charlotte is basically what they're setting up for uh, on Raw, no less. So we're getting like an NXT I still
2: think this is dumb. Why is she on Raw? She's the NXT champion. Any other situation, if you are from another brand and you win that title, either you take that title to your brand, in Bray Wyatt's case, or you change brands. Yeah, why why is she stuck in the middle here? It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like it.
1: Wait, is Charlotte and Io are they doing the match on Raw? Or no, I'm sure ex- the
2: match will be on NXT, but they're just building up to it on Raw, which doesn't make sense.
1: Okay, well it yeah. makes perfect sense if you're competing against AEW on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, that's what they're. I, I'm assuming feel- that's why they did it was to get you know to plug it on Raw, so you'll tune in to watch Charlotte on SmackDown or on uh, NXT, but. Yeah, it, I agree. Like, she should just be doing those on NXT and just plug her appearance on NXT. She, she, I mean, she probably should just cut this promo Wednesday night, but she did it here. Uh, it was fine. So, building up to that match, uh, after this, we had another squash match. Like, literally, this whole show, pretty much, majority of it was squash. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus No Way Jose. Uh, the only thing that wasn't as squashy about this was Lana was yelling at Bobby. So he just kind of like took his time, even though it was not even two minutes long. He, he actually did out at one point, just like roll the outside and tell Lana to shut the hell up. Finally, he got in the ring, one with a spear, made Lana happy. So I guess there's dissension here. They're going to divorce already. And then we got another Seth Rollins backstage to all the non-believers. You left me with no alternative tonight. I stomp out all doubt. So, Seth's gonna uh, stomp somebody. <laughs> mm. Exciting stuff.
1: I see it now I see the connection now that you're saying it, but still dumb. I missed it whenever I was watching him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's uh very monotone, very just weird. So, uh, after this, we had the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, who could be a really awesome tag team. Uh, but I'm guessing is, especially after this match, they're probably not going to do much with them. So they had like a 13 minute match, uh, back and forth. It was pretty, pretty good. I mean, Viking Raiders, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander was, I mean, hard to go wrong with these guys. Uh, and even Ricochet and Alexander, they came out together to Ricochet's music had, you know, matching gear. So they're playing them as like a tag team, not just two guys thrown together, but even though they are. Uh, they even had control early in the match until Eric launched Ricochet over the top rope, basically threw him onto Alexander and then did a dive to the outside. Uh, but basically, still a good back and forth, forth throughout the match. Cedric and Ricochet got some pretty good offense. Uh, the Raiders basically beat up Cedric towards the end. Ricochet tried to save him at one point, uh, but then he got dealt with, got like hit with a big clothesline, got sent to the outside. Uh, and then the Viking Raiders set him up for the Viking experience and they pretty much botched it. Another example of live not benefiting here when they probably could have just redid the move and made it look better, but they kind of botched it. It was really sloppy looking like they barely caught him, but it was still good enough for them to go to the finish. And yeah, they won with the Viking experience. Um, so yeah, Cedric and Ricochet can't even win as a tag team. Okay. I guess they're building, you know, Viking Raiders maybe versus, uh, um, street profits. Uh, cause it's basically they interviewed them right after the match and Charlie asked them, uh, basically, well, actually they introduced, introduced us to Bianca Belair. Charlie welcomed her to raw. And then they asked him about the Viking Raiders. They made a bunch of Viking jokes. Wasn't that funny? Bel- Belair. She acted appalled the entire time and asked when the last time they beat the Raiders, you, you know, and, uh, she, she came off pretty good in this, but I'm still not the biggest fan of the street profits. Um, but yeah, so I'm guessing they're building to Raiders versus the Street Profits. So yeah, we'll see uh, a good match, I'm sure. But uh, I I would rather see Cedric and Ricochet in a better spot. But whatever,
2: I would rather see Street Profits versus Cedric and Ricochet than Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. I'm not a fan of the Street Profits either. Uh, not a fan of the Viking Raiders either. Uh, man, Cedric and Ricochet would be a great tag team if they went it official, but they're just jobber team number three now. It seems.
0: Yeah, they're either jobber single singers, singles wrestlers, or just jobbers, tag teams. So, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's horrible. Then we had our main event, which was the, my favorite thing on the show because of one Drew McIntyre, uh, and he is definitely getting my brass ring of the week. Because he dethroned Brock Lesnar uh, at WrestleMania, and then was awesome on this show. Uh, he and Andrade. It was a short match, but it was a good match. Uh, Drew came out, Andrade like was not incompetent. Like he was trying to throw stuff at him, and Drew was just like stopping every bit of it. Like he tried to like do like a handstand like uh, thing in the corner, and Drew like kicked him up in the air, like just beating the snot out of this dude. Like he was a dominant babyface as he should be. Uh, so it was just awesome to start with basically he was t- completely in control until theory and Garza tried to corner him outside and play distraction. Uh, and it wasn't like he just turned around and got attacked from behind either. He, he turned around, but then when he came back around he, his arm got grabbed and then he, his arm got pulled in his shoulder, I guess got pulled into the uh, ring post by Andrade. And so played on the fact that, you know, his arm was hurt their last match. He's going for the arm again. So he even has a good story going on. Uh, Andrade essentially just kept working on his arm. Anytime that drew tried to kind of you know get his momentum back, he would just target the arm again. Uh, he tried to fight back, but uh, Andrade got him with a spinning elbow aka a Judas effect. Uh, and then basically Austin Theory was like grabbing his leg at one point as well to uh, distract him. So it was basically a three on one. But then finally Drew said, screw this, threw Andrade to the outside, knocked everybody down. he goes to the outside. he <laughs> yells who grabbed my foot? He picks up Austin theory and said, was it you? And just chopped the piss out of him. <laughs> he he was,
2: knocked him in the next week. It's not like a gunshot went off, man. He, it was he crazy. chopped him
0: and Austin theory did a bump for it. And he like spun around. Like it was great. Uh, but I mean, the commentaries laughed at this. Like they, I think they legit laughed at it. Like, cause it was live and I mean, it was hilarious. So he's McIntyre, so good, man. Uh, he's fantastic. So he, th- he throws Andrade in the ring uh, he throws him to the corner. He is able to get him, hits him with an inverted Alabama slam, sets him up for the, the one, two, three countdown, hits him with the Claymore kick, and pits, picks up the win. Uh, so obviously Drew looks great in this match. But then basically immediately after, he's celebrating, and then Rollins' music hits. Garza slides into the ring. Uh, he, hits, he takes out Drew's knee, which allows uh, Rollins to get in the ring and hit a foot stomp. And then, so Rollins is kind of, like, standing over him. And then, uh, actually, I'm sorry. He is super kick and then a foot stomp. And then he stood over him. Drew was, like, reaching out for his belt at one point. And then we ended the show with Rollins hitting another foot stomp on him. So, looks like they're setting up Drew versus Rollins. But, I mean, Rollins lost to Owens at Mania. He's, like, going crazy now. And I guess he's just going to get into program with Drew all of a sudden. So, I don't know. But, I also thought it was I weird hope, that they played his them. music.
2: That'd be great.
0: I, I'm sure he will. And it's not, I mean, I'm, they're going to have good matches, but it's just weird for him to go straight from losing to Owens to. to
2: be, yeah. in the title picture it doesn't make so. any
0: sense. And then it was, it was strange that it's nitpicky, but he like wins the match and they play Seth Rollins music. And yeah. then like Garza attacks him. I was really like, dope. just like Garza like attack him and beat up on him. And then Rollins joins in or something. I, I don't know. But it was, it was a good main event segment uh, it sets up you know what's going to happen going forward so drew mcintyre is awesome so i'm fine with it so um, as far as raw yeah, was, altogether though what i mean what do you guys think
2: uh, i love this main event segment i thought it was a really good match drew mcintyre right. is amazing i'm glad he's champion uh, like i said before i want him to have a very long very fruitful reign uh, i want to see him defend it next year at mania and win to be honest with you I want, to see him, I want to see them build somebody up as a monster and I want him to defeat them and get that WrestleMania moment pop that he deserves. Um, hopefully they don't kill his momentum by then, but uh, yeah, I would love that. Um, I think overall, I mean, it was way too many squash matches. This yeah. Raw is just too long. There's no reason for it to be three hours, especially right now. There's not enough material to fill three hours. I don't know why they still go by this model. But it's
0: essential, Micah
2: not essential. This the the extra hour especially is not essential um especially when they have the hulu cup which is an hour and a half and it's still a perfectly coherent show we just didn't see a couple of the jobber matches um i don't know drew mcintyre was great uh what else was great um nothing else was great
0: alistair black and (laughs) oni was okay and ruby riot and oscar was okay but like they probably should have been squash matches honestly like you know like well, Ruby and Oscar, I'm, I was fine with that, but Only and Black probably would have served better for Black as a squash match. I mean, probably not on a show with five other squash matches. And I just counted, and there were five, um, not counting the Aleister Black match. So, it's too many. Yeah, a ton on the show. Uh, yeah, I think
2: I, if I if I were to grade it, I don't know C. Probably a C just because of Drew McIntyre. He's the only redeeming factor of the entire show, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Riley, what did well, you also, think?
1: The Oscar and Ruby Riot match was good. Um, yeah. And then Drew, his promo, and then the main event was really good. Um, uh, I think I'll just do a C too. It. I, Smackdown and Raw both straight C's for me
0: Yeah, uh, I mean I would agree I think it was probably around the C. I, I thought it was a little bit better than Smackdown Uh but yeah way too many squash matches like yeah especially three hours of a show like not uh, uh, Drew was literally the only thing that like made me enjoy any of this show like even the matches that were like pretty good like the Black and Orkin match like I said I was like, I know Black isn't going to lose. Like, it's not really compelling. Uh, Asuka, I had a feeling would win, but I mean, but other than that, like the other matches weren't, I was kind of hoping Ricochet and um, Cedric would win and, you know, like actually be a tag team, but they weren't. So I was disappointed in that. So, I mean, C is actually giving it a pretty good grade for what it was. So um, yeah, Drew made it a C and that's probably what it's going to be like for the next Month or so, I would imagine, but yeah, so a decent week of wrestling, average, average. I guess, the best, yeah, average. Uh, AEW is de- definitely the best show, I-, I think, out of all three. Um, so yeah. as always, yeah, of course,
2: <laughs> not always. Actually, I think it was two or three weeks ago, I actually thought WWE did better that week, but that's the only time that's happened, so. yeah, so.
0: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again for another episode of WrestleLife Radio. We appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, you can follow us on social media, WrestleLife Radio on Instagram and Facebook, Life Pod on Twitter. Riley, what is your social media? Instagram? Um,
1: Twitter. You can Twitter. follow me on Twitter at Sen, R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N.
0: Yeah, and she's obviously a big fan of... Uh, all these shows cause she's watching them when us wrestling fans will not do the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's a frequent commenter. And speaking of which we appreciate everybody commenting. Uh, we got a lot of like commenting and, uh, feedback messages throughout mania week. Uh, keep doing it. We, we love talking to you guys. Um, Micah, we know you can't, nobody can find you on Facebook, I guess, or Instagram.
2: Wrestle life radio. on. Facebook. You're like that.
0: You're like the hacker on SmackDown. You, you're like, you're here, but you're not here.
2: I'm just watching.
0: Yeah. You're, watching. you're here to speak the truth when, when, it's, when it's needed.
2: Yeah. Diggy <laughs> has a thing on his podcast. He says that he doesn't need your follows. He doesn't need your tweets. He doesn't need none of that. He's, he's confident in himself, and I feel the same way. I don't, I don't need your tweets. <laughs> I don't need your Twitter follows. Just, just like Russell Life Radio and support the podcast.
0: Sweet. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle.poly as always. But thanks again, guys, for listening in. Uh, we'll be back with an episode Saturday. Is that what we doing on Saturday?
1: I, I I'm don't not the know.
0: normal one that does the schedule. It's usually Matt. So I'll, I'll ask Matt. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm a terrible host. Thanks, guys, for listening in. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys later.
2: Bye.